Welcome to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast for women who want to experience intimate relationships and sex that are pleasurable and passionate, happy, thriving and deeply fulfilling. With my very special guest experts guiding lights and pioneers in their specialist areas, we'll be breaking down the myths, exploring the difficult stuff, the good stuff and seeing what's possible for love, sex and intimacy at this time of rapid change. In these candid and intimate conversations, I'll be bringing you the best of sex and relationship education, full of practical ways to support and inspire change in your intimate life. I'm your host, Sarah Rosebright. Whether you're curious about what's possible or you're already committed to exploring, I'm so happy you are here. Welcome to the 30th episode of the podcast and Wow, 30th episode, nearly 10,000 downloads, and I am totally blown away by the feedback I'm getting every week with comments and messages from people um, saying how much they're enjoying the podcast, and it's really doing what I envisioned it to do. I really had a vision for the podcast to make conversations that can be uncomfortable for many people, accessible, sharing the wisdom of the incredible practitioners that are out there, and sharing information that can leave people feeling inspired and empowered and even can blow a few minds and it's doing exactly that you know I um, just really appreciate you for listening I really appreciate you for writing reviews giving me um, feedback sharing what's what you're enjoying and spreading the word by sharing the podcast So thank you, thank you, and thank you. And I wanted to do something special to celebrate. So I'm really delighted to be sharing this 30th episode with my partner, Graham Waterfield. We have had a dream of teaching together. Graham um, brings a heap of his own experience and incredible gifts and wisdoms. And we thought it'd be fun to have a chat about our experience of intimate relationships. a real and raw chat, sharing the beautiful parts, the not so easy stuff. So we have uh, a really great conversation about many things, including how to grow a relationship from the strongest foundations, what strong foundations look like, what makes for a healthy, intimate relationship. We explore relationship as a spiritual practice, uh, the healing power of unconditional love in relating how to deal with the crunchy bits, the not so easy stuff, the difficult stuff, the importance of loving yourself within relationship. We share some practices that we regularly use in our relationship and much, much more. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as we enjoyed having it. Hello and welcome to today's episode where I am very delighted and excited to be joined today by my partner, Graham Waterfield. Hello, Graham. Hello, Sarah. Thank you for having me along in the room downstairs. (laughs) (laughs) Next door. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we are next door. And um, so, yeah, so it's really wonderful to to share this conversation with you. And it's the 30th episode of the podcast. And it just felt really beautiful we've been talking about doing a podcast together for a while and having some conversations about relationship and intimacy and the 30th episode felt the perfect place to do this so before we dive into that because there may be people listening that don't know 
um, about you and what it is that you do. I'd love you to share a little bit about what it is that you do in the world and also a little bit about your story, your journey to this place. Mm, thank you. What a great question. So what I do in the world, really, if I was really to kind of really try and summarize it and bring it down into a simple explanation, I, I use skills that I've picked up over the last 30 years of my own journey, uh, both through qualifications such as becoming a yoga, meditation, tai chi, qigong, uh, um, hypnotherapist, uh, counselor, and various other modalities I've trained in and qualifications I've gained to mainly really to help me uh, to heal and to grow and to expand. So what I do is I uh, bring those skills set together. And generally I work one-to-one uh, -one with people online. And I, I, I suppose I do two things. One is I, I help them heal emotional and psychological patterns uh, created in their past. That, that they feel would be good to heal so that they can move forward and expand and grow into all they're capable of becoming. And then on the other side, I help people work towards what I would call self-actualization, which is becoming everything they're capable of being. You know, sometimes this is called following your bliss, following your heart, uh, your soul's purpose, your, you know, your great purpose uh, has all these different ways of explaining this. So I, I guess I would create um, a space online to, to help people to navigate that. And I, I, I guess also with what I've said already, there's uh, an understanding of my, my background really is, uh, I suppose, a 30 year journey of starting as a, a yoga practitioner, um, slightly getting into some energy healing practices along the way, like Reiki, and then slowly evolving into becoming a, a yoga teacher, a Tai Chi teacher, a Qigong a meditation teacher. Um, and really that whole, whole pathway was uh, really a pathway of healing myself in, uh, in the ways that I, I now... Um, offer the opportunity to other people to, to, to heal, I suppose. I suppose in a nutshell, that's, that's what I do. Mm. Mm, yeah, and you do, I know you do absolutely incredible work with the clients that you work with. And um, so we're here today to talk about intimacy and relating. And we've been together now four years this month that we started sort of hanging out and dating. And, um, and so I'd love to just to share just briefly, because I feel it's important that people, when you're out in the world doing, whether it's sexuality teaching or teaching yoga meditation, you know, people can think you've got this perfect life. And, um, you know, people are surprised when I say that it wasn't till the age of 45 that I actually had my first what I would say truly healthy relationship which is with you <laughs> and so I'd love you just to share a little bit about sort of your journey with relationships and and uh, maybe a little bit about what you've learned along the way with that before we move into some other questions beautiful <clears throat> what a beautiful question um and i'd like to reflect that to you shortly as well because uh, i'd be i would love to to hear that i think uh i think we're on a we're all on a path of healing at 
at different speeds uh, with different desires. And um, I think as we walk our life path, uh, as we, what we could call heal, as we evolve, as we grow emotionally, psychologically, maybe spiritually, then inevitably, um, I suppose one way of describing it is we become less associated with the, with the belief systems uh, that we were that were installed into us by parents, by the societies that we lived in earlier in our lives. So inevitably, as those belief systems change, um, what we want to experience in our life change to reflect that evolution. And so my, my experience is having been on um, gen, you know, mainly two long-term relationships, both of which became marriages and both of which ended in divorces. Uh, I suppose what I've witnessed over that time is, as I was working myself and, and they were working in their own ways, you know, um, that, that I guess what we wanted in our lives, what we uh, wanted, were prepared to put up with, or all that kind of stuff just, just changed also. So over that time, um, I guess that's that's my experience of relationship, and uh, it's really interesting because we're, as we both often talk about between ourselves, that it feels like all the work that we've put in uh, separately over those years, whether it's communication skills, whether it's getting clear, where it's setting boundaries, all these beautiful skills that we pick up, they seem to have met at a perfect point in both of our lives and so in our in our union and our coming together it just feels so uh, effortless and then it's it's funny because uh, some of some people say usually an overnight success takes many many years you know and so as i as i reflect on our our relationship <clears throat> and how my life now is a reflection of you know, everything that uh, makes me happy, uh, fulfills me, meets my ability to expand and create an even more beautiful life. I realize how much work that, that's taken over all these years to, to arrive at that place where I see the, the importance of clear communication, um, of love, uh, of deep connection, and so, yeah, I guess that's my reflection so far that I seem to have arrived at this place which really reflects my greatest visions for my life, my greatest hopes, ambitions, loves uh, in our coming together. It's been really beautiful and magical. And I suppose I'd love to ref reflect that question to you. What is your relationship journey so far? Hmm. Well, my relationship journey has been probably um the most challenging area of my life and the most difficult and I didn't understand why I struggled with it so much and actually thought that I must be really bad at this there's something really wrong with me that I can't do this relationship thing and um and it's only been a process of like really unraveling and looking at why that it's so difficult for me um, it has been so difficult for me and understand that I've been able to find the compassion for myself and realize, well, no, I haven't taught this, been taught this anywhere. You know, not many of us have had truly 
healthy models of relating in our families of origin or you know I just think if you look at I grew up with EastEnders on the screen of just people shouting at each other all the time that was a sort of relationship sort of um reflection from the sort of collective that I would see um and so it's been a big journey to heal this aspect of my life to come to a place of being able to create what I would say we have is a really healthy relationship um and you know learning about you know I, I was in relationships after a very traumatic relationship in my teenage years which left me with no self-esteem not able to vocalize my boundaries didn't even know what I wanted let alone how to even get that or to vocalize that and it was very much the people pleasing good girl patterns where it was all about the other person often I was always overriding my boundaries or my feelings even instincts that I just would override all the time and um and I actually had a good few years single about five years single because I was just like I, I just need to look at what's happening here. And also I wasn't prepared to have a relationship unless it really added to my life because my life has been pretty amazing for a number of years. And it was only gonna have, I was only gonna have a relationship that really bought something and made more of my life. And um, our relationship, you know, we've known each other. We were, you know, we knew each other, didn't we, for a few years before we met. And, you know, you, you shared that, we've been together it's effortless and I would say on many levels it has but I would also say it hasn't always been effortless and you know I remember what you were like in the first year of like oh I don't like the first year of relationships <laughs> and <laughs> because I feel that no matter what work you've done on yourself when you come together in relationship a whole nother level of healing comes up and a whole nother level of like when we meet each other those crunchy points and those bits of you know, because how do you create a relationship where you set that relationship up with the foundations of all the things that are really important? So for me, in my relationships in the past, I have spent so many years of not saying when things didn't feel comfortable or they didn't feel okay or they felt off. And I would just hold on to them because I didn't want to upset the apple cart or I didn't know how to say it in a way that would um, enable a conversation rather than a confrontation. And so for me in our relationship, it was a real practice as we started to get to deepen into our relationship of tracking all those bits and how do we speak them. And we've had some pretty uncomfortable conversations, but I feel like what we've done is we've always done them with respect and love and listening, even when they've been uncomfortable and we've been able to, to, to name and voice that. So, and, you know, we had a little moment this morning, didn't we? Where it was like, I said something, it didn't feel okay for you and you needed to voice that, but it was amazing that when we, how, how that energy just cleared when we met it with love. Mm, that's really wonderful and i thank you for that reflection you know i you know you know what we we kind of laugh about it that you know if i have a hot chocolate or something i say wow this is the best hot chocolate i've ever had and you said yeah you said that about the last 10 <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah kind of i'm chuckling as you're reminding me actually of the of the work that we put in on the first year of our of our meeting and 
you know how uh, you know, I describe that you know I I don't like the first six months bring you up to a year of a new relationship because I I feel I'm losing my mind I have seem to have no control of my mind my emotions and it's usually after that period of time that everything settles down for me and it's like okay I've, I've landed you know so um I'm quite sensitive uh, person in that way quite an emotional person so yes and it's such a great reflection of and I think the effortlessness now isn't that we don't have challenges or things we disagree on or those button pushing moments. But I, I guess was something I feel I've learned from you quite um, beautifully is that, that that's OK. And it's OK to verbalize and not hold on or not to try to hide and be the perfect person, which you know, at least to more imperfection, bizarrely, but just kind of just to be open with the with each other on our communication and, and then to, to share our disagreements. And I think one of the things that maybe I reflect on that I find really works is that I think because of the work we've done on ourselves before meeting, when one of us has a bit of a flare up or something they're uncomfortable with or you know, is having that in, inner tension in the central nervous system going into the flight or fight response, really, which is often where arguments and, and moodiness and disagreements and disconnections come from. It almost seems like the other one is always able to go into their parasympathetic mm -hmm. relaxation, listening, compassion response. And so we, we, we're able to balance each other. And I think also, um, yeah, and I think that's that's a that's been a journey yeah, and I, I think that's one of the things that really works, having done that work, to to be able to meet each other in that way, I think is really valuable for me, you know? Mm. And that, but that took, that took time and practice as well. And I think also it took trust, you know, that as you build that trust up in each other, because there was times in the first year, especially when I felt like I've got to say something about this but I mean I could literally feel the fear that if I say this this could be the end of our relationship I mean there wasn't even anything that big but that's what I'd made up in my mind because it was so still terrifying at times for me to really speak my truth and to say something and but knowing that I could not repeat the patterns of the past of holding on to stuff and we call it like clearing whatever's not love it's like whatever doesn't feel like love in our field can we name it can we examine it can we clear it and just understanding how we both operate so for example in the first you're you, like you'd say you're like the labrador you just dive into the relationship and then like get all excited and sort everything out and I was like like over the other side of the field and I'll like come over into the relationship tiptoe by tiptoe as I feel safe and you know we had two totally different energy patterns in relationship didn't we and I remember when we worked that out that was like oh wow that was just like oh we can just understand each other and take it out of the personal because it's just our different histories and attachment styles I guess you could say uh, in, in another way as well so so what do you feel is the sort of uh, and you talk about relationship yoga is, is what you call it love you to share what you mean by relationship yoga because that's a great mm. phrase see my where i come from a tradition of of, of yoga really has, i mean yoga is is nothing to do with physical postures and that's a whole different conversation yoga really means to be connected with your greatest sense of self and whatever that is to you you know and so 
And so really what we're learning to do in any type of yoga practice is to see the, the if you like, the root of something, the, the, the honest, the, the beauty, the, you could call, say, the light, you could call it the, the innocence, you know, but you're, you're, you're always trying to work out how do I come back to true connection? And, and what's stopping me from achieving that? And so the, there's, we, we can feel enlightened on a meditation cushion, or we can go and live in a monastery or go on a retreat or live in a forest and like, oh, wow, I'm so enlightened. Nothing is irritating me. And then we, we enter the world and uh, we have the opposite experience after 10 years of enlightenment or happiness or bliss living in a forest, an ashram or up a mountain. Suddenly we come down into the everyday of life and relationship and we realize how you could say unenlightened we actually are because it's within those relationships those connections with people that our triggers are shown our deep unconscious patterns that we didn't even realize that, that we're, were there you know and I hear this time and time again uh, from people who've had that experience and so that there's for me there's no better arena for healing and for the possibility of really looking at your triggers uh, what's commonly called your shadow in pop culture now those those deeps of our own aspects of our unconscious those seeds of of jealousy and fear and control and and the inability to to open all that stuff i i don't think anything for me personally exposes those things like relationship you know it's what it brings all our stuff up so you know no wonder so many people just want to avoid them you know and um i yeah and, and people seem to 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 kind of prepare themselves for relationship in two ways one is to really understand themselves as a single person as, as far as i can see and then okay when i'm i'm finally healed then i'll be ready for a relationship and then I see many of those people enter relationship and then run away from relationship again, because again, we need that mirror quite often to really expose to us, you know, those deeper aspects of self that, that can be quite painful to look at and to, 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 you know, to witness. I, I remember raising my, my stepdaughter and I, I become so enlightened uh, before uh, stepping into that role and suddenly arguments over sandwiches <laughs> for school and and all that stuff at the beginning of the day really reflected back to me oh my god I, I I'm not even in that ballpark now what's going on you know <laughs> so yeah I, I suppose um yeah that's my that's what I would call relationship yoga I, I when I say using relationship I don't mean like using a person or using a relationship in a negative context but when I say relationship yoga it's the realization that if you can really find yourself your peace your love your happiness in relationship for some people that could be friendship you know but in the, in any kind of relationship uh, it it can really sh it can be such a profound healing journey back into your your wholeness. I mean, I remember uh, I was on an, an intense shamanic ceremony about four or five years ago, and uh, during this ceremony, I have uh, this this voice speaking to me two days in, which sounds like the mother of the universe, and 
and in, in this experience I'm, I'm i'm looking at the i'm i'm speaking to the mother of the universe you know and every time and we were about six months into our relationship and every time i i tried to look at her face i thought what what does she look like and i'd turn around in this shamanic vision i was having and and it was you and and there was such a lesson there it was like if you want to really worship the divine uh see me in the face of your partner you know that's true devotion not devotion to some cloud person but devotion to those who are closest to in your life is the real worshiping of what we could call life the divine whatever you want to call that so mm. yeah that's what relationship yoga in a nutshell is for me i guess yeah and you talk about sort of relationship being a sort of spiritual practice and we joke because I have my morning practices like when you make coffee there's coffee grinds all over the kitchen top and I'd be like oh, just take a deep breath and ah oh, just noticing those grinds over the kitchen top every morning would you mind clearing them just giving them a quick wipe and then you never ever did and it's like okay so how do I be with this do I get in a grump about this every morning do I get on your case about it every day? Well, that really didn't feel good at all. So I sort of see it as my like, you know, chop wood, carry water. <laughs> Each morning I come down, I wipe up the coffee grinds. And I, I like, I just say to myself, I choose to do this because I love this man. And it's like my little sort of spiritual practice in the morning. And I think that's sort of, you know, we talk about the word devotion because what I feel for me as well as part of that, that we we do and I feel so beautifully with you and that's taken time to, to trust in that, is that I feel we truly love each other with all of our parts. And, you know, because to truly be in relationship with each other, we get to see each other in the things that we feel great about and also the things that we might want to hide. You know, so I know from my family of origin that sort of just like can be, I can just be critical. And I like just, it, it comes out with you in a way. And I just like, I watch myself and I'm just like, oh, oh my God. And, um, and it's a practice for me to really watch and track that and to just either um, not say anything or just when I say something to really apologize or have a conversation about it. But it's like as well, knowing that I can show all those aspects of myself, but you still love me and showing those aspects of myself. And I can still love myself, even though it feels uncomfortable. And that to me is a real big part of that practice as well. Mm. It's true, isn't it? That um, it's, it's the interesting paradox and not, without getting too deep into self-love, because this can be a hot topic for people and can be really misunderstood and but really i think that the, the some of the most divine experiences i've had uh with you are perhaps bringing to the front um again this i suppose helps with relationship yoga or, or relationship healing is that opening my heart tenderly to to expose even unconsciously aspects of myself that I can't yet love and appreciate and accept and having you accept and love and appreciate them and how that allows me to open even more deeply and move into like oh this is okay you know of course in a 
in a therapeutic relationship, which we could say the perfect relationship has that aspect or a healing relationship has that aspect. There's the, there's the, the, the quality of unconditional love. Now that doesn't mean that we don't have boundaries, of course. And if we're in a problematic relationship, we might really need those boundaries if both people aren't bringing that to the table, but that unconditional positive regard is, is seen in, in a therapeutic conversation or a healing conversation was as one of the highest ideals. It's almost like, I think I saw, is it Gab, Gabo Mate? I think that's how you pronounce his mm. name. And he said, really, I, I saw the interview, he said, really trauma is, 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 it's very simply that you were told you weren't okay for showing a behavior pattern when you were a child. That's not okay, you need to be punished. And so he said, really, the root out of trauma, as he was describing it, is, is that counseling model of experiencing just being seen and being loved for who you are and the transformative um, experience that can come through that, you know, oh. through that experience. And, and I think that's one of whatever practices you've been through. I see that as one of your superpowers, that ability to be really present and compassionate with those painful bits inside of me which somehow makes me into a better person. And into the worldly mind, we, you know, you see in society and in relationship, we, we have it the other way around on our, on our personality level. It's like, if I can just be critical enough of that person, if I can keep out pointing out how bad they are for those things, if I can tell them to change constantly because of that, then maybe that will heal them. But of course that just suppresses, that creates resentment. So I think one of the, the, the aspects of devotional, um, devotional relationship is that ability to be naked, you know, emotionally and psychologically with people, but also the realization that that takes time, you know, like any relationship, you know, when someone goes into a relationship and says, you know, well, don't you trust me on day one? It's like, <laughs> well, no, of course I don't trust you. I don't know you yet. <laughs> you could be a nightmare. I could be a nightmare. Let's let the trust gain but I think as you continue to come back to that lovingness and that tenderness I think the trust builds and then you're opening a little bit more and then as you open a bit more you fall more deeply into love more deeply into connection is another subtle barrier subtle trauma is released and so the, the love becomes deeper and more profound what your what are your thoughts on that what's your mm. feeling around that no, thank you for for that, and and I, I feel you know, and I feel the same the same with you as well. And I think for me, I had years of being in relationships where I was loving the potential of a person, or um, rather, that, which I think is a really common thing that happens. You know, you see this wonderful person, but you also see what's possible and then you love the potential of them, but then you're not with the reality of them. And for me, one of, and then I was, because of not with the reality, I was then always making excuses and, and um, keeping my, overriding my own boundaries was what I was doing, overriding my own red flags that I was spotting and concerns around things. And, um, so when I was in our relationship, for me, one of the practices from day one was, can I love this person just as they are? And if I can't, then there's something not right for me. That's my practice is to love you just as you are. And 
and embrace you as you are not who I think you could be or you might be but you right now can I just stay present to you right now um, and not go off in fantasy or projection or any of these things and so and that was just really beautiful for me because I was just not trying and in the past I would be the fixer the rescuer the trying to change things and actually I let all that go and also I was very much as well that practice of when things were happening for you, it was like, okay, that's yours for you to sort. Whereas in the past, and I can be here if you need anything, 1 million percent, but in the past I'd have dived right in and tried to work it out and all of this, but actually that's disempowering for the other person. And, you know, there's a whole conversation we could have around that. And so for me, just staying with the what's mine, what's yours and being accepting of where we are has been is just a beautiful practice for all of life anyway, not just in terms of relationships. And I think that's where the effortlessness comes in as well, because we can just be in all of our aspects together and know that it's okay to be who we are and how we are. And if it's not okay, it's also okay. We don't get caught up in the, the drama of things as I would have caught, got caught up uh, up within the past if that makes sense mm. and for me that word of devotion and I think you know we do have create time and practices for sort of what you would say is seeing each other beyond the personality self of getting out the every day and meeting each other you know another practice for me that's really important is can I be with the fact that you are a different person today than you were yesterday you know, it's like that practice of you are an ever unfolding being. And I remember seeing this um, documentary and it was a couple who were in their 90s. Um, they were asked, what makes a successful relationship for you both? And one of the things that she said is he never stopped surprising me. The, this man is still a mystery after all these years. And I was just like, wow, you know, they've been together decades. And so for me, again, that practice of I think we we get so fixed on who the person is in front of us and we create a, 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 an ideal or a projection or a, just a fixed idea of who this person is, which gives, gives no space for new things to come forward, no space for growth and evolving. And I feel like, yeah, of course, there's parts of you that I get really familiar with and that I know and that have got some consistency and continuity to them. But then there's this other part of you that you are a new person and I'm just really I bring heaps of curiosity to who are you today who are you in this moment who are you in the bedroom who are you um you know just really bringing that curiosity as I do to myself as well and I feel that sets off a very different fabric of a fa fabric <laughs> fabric <laughs> of the relationship mm, wonderful yeah it seems to be quite a journey doesn't it relationship <laughs> and um a, I, I love the saying of, I think it's put down, what was it? I think it's Muhammad Ali's a good quote that's certainly attributed to him. Um, he says that if you're the same person today as you were 10 years ago, uh, you've wasted 10 years of your life. And so, yeah, there's, there is an ever-evolving aspect of, of relationship. I think it's interesting as well that... Uh, as I, as I kind of think about all the qualities that seem to to, to work for us, and um, on the on the the uh, the retreat that we're putting together at the moment, we're 
we're wondering how to bring in uh, playfulness and silliness because playfulness <laughs> and silliness is such a massive part of our relationship, you know? And um, so we've been discussing, uh, I, I, I worked with a clown, <laughs> a master clown in America a few years ago online and um, around uh, the sacredness of, of fooling and clowning. So yeah, I'm looking forward to us, you know, exploring that. It's such an interesting, uh, it's such a mysterious and interesting connect connection relationship because really you, you're both on this journey of healing and both on this journey of connection. And also you're, you're kind of dealing with everything that, that comes up that, that gets in the way of that, that healing and that connection every day. And as you say, it's, it's really interesting. I think you said recently uh, that you notice in your life that when you dedicate yourself to something, you know, really dedicate yourself to something, that's, that's you see amazing results in your life, whatever that is. And it's interesting, isn't it? At the beginning of the conversation, you, were, you, were, you mentioned um, along the lines of, you know, where's the rule book on all this? You know, what's the rule book? And it's almost like there's, there's a presumption that you, you just start a relationship and there's this set of rules. And a lot of those rules are, are put into us through, you know, I, I would say I, I was really loved rom-coms in the 80s and, you know, uh, and a lot of the Disney films, you know, growing up. And then we have this idea of what relationship is and what it isn't and, and um, what, so that's an interesting thought. What would you say relationship is? You know, what, if I said the word, like, what is relationship to you? What, what, what is it to you? Mm. So for me, when you ask that question, I'm sort of brought into the sort of more, um, the word of relating, how I relate to another person and how that, that person relates to me. And, you know, some of those relationships, you know, that might be having a conversation with somebody in the street who I never meet again, <laughs> which I relate to, versus to relationships that I may have, well, commitments to by that we have a commitment to each other you know and what you were talking about there is commitment because I realized I think a couple of years into a relationship that I was probably like 99% in our relationship but it was like 1% not fully committed and I made a really conscious decision to commit to our relationship and things really shifted and then obviously we've got our relationships which have got different from our families of origin and uh, or our work colleagues or you know we've got all these different levels of relating but i feel i like that word relating because it's a a process that's a moving and evolving process of how am i who am i today how am i showing up today and you know they've got the whole movement of authentic relating and how do i show up you know i was raised with a you know, still hear it now on the phone to my family. I'm fine, I'm fine, you know, everything's fine. And you just show up and, you know, you don't show your emotions and um, all of these things. So for me, the relation, the relating is also around how do I show up with this person in the most um, truest and genuine way possible? 
how do I show up? And, you know, it's like that sort of dynamic process of where do I bring myself forward? Where do I sit back? Where do I wait? How do I listen? How am I present? So it's just, it, and it, you know, so much of it is a, where am I triggered? All of these sort of things. So it's, 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 yeah, great question to, to think about. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting. Cause yeah, cause it, it's interesting because the word relationship doesn't have a positive or negative connotation. You've got, you like someone could say, I'm in a relationship. And then the question might be, what a good one or a bad one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, what and what is a good one and a bad one? And I suppose it relates, you know, to, it means to connect with. And so, I guess in relationship, you're exploring, well, how do I relate to this person in a, in a way that's positive or in other words, brings happiness or, you know, say that the beginning of this conversation you were mentioning that for you uh, relationship is really a, something that you want to bring happiness into your life. You know, how do it, it, does this person or the situation bring more happiness? I think you, oh. you mentioned that at the beginning of the conversation. And so I guess that's where I, I believe some of the, the yoga practices or devotional practices can come into a way of being re in relationship. And so some of the, the, the devotional yoga practices, well, the heart of it is love. Mm. You know, let, let, let me get rid of all this. Am I right? Am I wrong? Let me go. Well, how should I be behaving? What should I do? And there's that beautiful question that Neil Donald Walsh asks in the conversation with God books. Um, and he says, what would love do now? just yeah. ask yourself and I think that's a really good question to, to ask in relationship but at least one at least once a day you know what would love do now am I being loving you know what what is the is a way of bringing love into this I think the other quality I've really learned in the in the yoga and meditative traditions is uh, am I present to this person or am I present to my need to be right or my worry about being wrong or my need to overpower now I, I get that wrong sometimes I still fall into those behavior patterns so I can't kind of and also I beat myself up about that isn't that useful either but then it's like you know there, there's a beautiful saying in 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 uh, so when someone is asked what is meditation and and that the, it's it can it's summarized if you're doing what called be called presence meditation or single-minded meditation there's only two practices one uh, being in the moment with compassion or coming back to the moment in compassion and so that's pretty much it and so as we I think if we use relationship as a healing tool as a way of deepening into love with the person that you're with that can be such a beautiful practice you know am I Am I coming from a place of love and compassion? Am I present? Am I, am I experiencing a level of surrender and opening, openness in this moment? And if not, how do I come back to that? Now, coming back to that could be, it could be look a million different things. You know, there's nights that we say, ah, oh, you know, should we sleep separately tonight? Or should we go, one of us might go, you know, I'm just going to go for a walk for an hour or so by myself because I just need to reset, come back into my center. So even the, the way that we answer that question might not be to force anything or trying to control anything, but I guess in relationship, how I relate to you comes from how I'm relating to myself. You know, am I relating to, to love within myself or peace or anger or frustration? Mm. So yeah, I guess a, 
the ultimate relationship as, as, as cheesy as it sounds, you know, you have to have a good relationship with yourself, but I guess the relationship we're having, how we relate to ourselves within the relationship is what we have to give into the relationship and inevitably how we relate to the other. So yeah. Yeah. yeah interesting. Mm. Mm, and how we look after ourselves and tend to ourselves. Cause we you know we live and work together. We, work in the same home we we live in the same home and that brings up a whole set of how how much space do we need how much time together and and how that is and I was thinking as you were speaking you talk about good and bad relationships and I know you weren't meaning it in that way but you know what I get often asked for by clients is like what is a healthy relationship and I think that's a great language is like how do we create healthy relationships because we don't have that template from you know many of us don't have that template from our family of origin in fact we have exactly they can have exactly the opposite and I think healthy relationships I'm reminded of speaking with um Christiane Pelmis on my podcast recently and she works with a lot with women's circles and she said the health of a women's circle you can sort of almost um measure by their ability to deal with differences and diversity and, and and challenges and I think you know healthy relationship isn't a perfect relationship but it's a relationship that allows space for crunchy moments, but we're able to deal with them. Or it allows, you know, how, how do we deal with the fact that we have got differences? How do we find our way through them? But doing that in a way that feels healthy and generative for both parties, you know, because we talked to, you're talking, talking about relationship for healing. And also we can talk about relationship as a, a container for our growth and evolution. Um, rather than in ways that create separation, distance, disconnection and all these things that, you know, I've certainly been familiar with. In fact, something happened the other day, I can't remember exactly what, and I just remember just totally shutting down and just feeling like the walls of my heart just closed for that split second. And then just noticing, wow, I feel something's happened and I feel shut down. I was like, okay, what's happening here? Rather than in the past sort of just like that would have become a big thing that I'd have buried in my heart and carried and that ability to move through it and find uh, a way through it to clear that energy for me is like what creates a healthy relationship so I'm curious you know one of the things that we, we did a workshop this summer and um, we did these practices with couples these beautiful practices and one person said this is all great but you know how do you deal with the crunchy bits and, you know, we've spoken, uh, it's come up a few times in this conversation, but I just wondered if there's anything you'd like to add to that. How do we, how do you deal with the, the challenges, whether that's from our experience or something different? Such a great question. Um, and again, I, I liken it to the, when I was saying before, we can get enlightened in a forest, a monastery or some kind of beautiful setting. And then we come home and suddenly there's crunchy bits everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the uh it was someone reflecting at a workshop of um yeah I feel great now but what how what when we get home we have the crunchy bits and you know I think in the workshop I was I was reflecting that um what we could call the crunchy bricks generally is when our traumas are triggered our, meaning our past relationship experiences that we weren't able to process effectively at that moment uh, behavior patterns we were blamed for as children in school or during parenting and so these triggers come up and then we 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 fly into our 
fight or flight mechanism. We want to attack, freeze. we want to run away. Thank you, yes, and, and freeze as well. So we have this tensing experience. And so we, that's what we call the crunchy bits. And then the, the fight response would be starting an argument. Uh, the freeze would be, I don't just getting brain fog, not knowing what to say, maybe being railroaded, not having any boundaries. And so, um, yeah, and maybe the the fight, flight, or um, maybe the flight response is sometimes the best one for me. It's like, I'm just going to go and uh, <laughs> like have a cup of tea. I'll just go for all, go into the garden for 10 minutes. And then I come back and I realize I'm really, you know, rested again. But I don't know if that's uh, scientifically the correct method, but <laughs> that works for me. But yeah, the, so the, the crunchy bits really is what we're, what we're I, I believe what we're really saying is that when my traumas, uh, my past, my um, my psychological, my destructive psychological patterns are, are brought in, are triggered. That means brought into my present moment awareness. How do I deal with those? You know, and that is, um, I think that's the process. Yeah, it's like, yeah, how do you deal with those? That's a great question. So some people might go and go on a meditation retreat to deal with them or seek out the psychotherapist. Some people might start to meditate more, but I, I notice in, in, in my, <clears throat> in my life, I just have routines that I like to do through the day that keep me in more in my, what I call the parasympathetic nervous response, my relaxation. You know, if we looked into the chemicals and the mechanics of the brain, how do I stay very much connected to my frontal neocortex with my wisdom, my compassion is created in my brain, which is what meditation and Tai Chi and all those practices help build pathways into that. <clears throat> so I think the, 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 the answer to that, there's so many, but really um, what we're really asking is when my uh, trauma, when I fall back into fight or, or freeze responses um you know how do i deal with that now there's a neurological level to that which is very simple you know i, I remember uh, <clears throat> one of my te favorite teachers wayne dyer saying you know he was when he was having arguments with his wife he'd find phone his friend deepak chopra and he'd say i've just had this big falling out with my daughter my wife can you give me you know what do i need to do and he would say deepak chopra would say to him meditate and then he'd go, well, I'm not really happy with that question. Can you, that answer, can you put your wife Rita on the phone, please? And she'd come on the phone and she'd go meditate. <laughs> so <laughs> so, so there, there's a neurological level <clears throat> to some of these outside practices that keep us from, keep us a bit cooler in the moment, that help us be more present and more available to wisdom and, 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 and a non-reaction in a in a non-reaction from a from our trauma, I suppose. So yeah, that so when I run used to run sleep workshops for the mental health charity mind, I'd say, you know, don't deal with sleep if you want a good night's sleep. Sleep is just a byproduct. Deal with your whole day if you want a good night's sleep. You know, stretch, look what you're eating, look at your lifestyle, look what you know, information you're taking in. And then your night's sleep, you might be able to have a bath or a massage, something like that before going to sleep. But generally you've, you've set your sleep pattern up. So it's the same with relationship, you know, mm. look at all your life around your relationship. If I'm tired or cranky or, you know, I can, I can find it really hard to be present and compassionate 
you know so however much training i've had however much how many books or workshops or whatever i've been through I, if i'm cranky and tired I'm, i struggle <laughs> but if i'm calm and happy then i can be more present um so ultimately yeah how, how do i bring my best most peaceful wise and compassionate self to the relationship each day and that you some people say you know, or maybe meditation or tai chi is selfish and it's like no totally the opposite working on your own happiness and inner peace that's all you have to give to the world so yeah so deal with your crunchiness by living a beautiful life and then the crunchiness will slowly decrease uh, you know slowly decrease is my experience what is your experience around crunchiness <laughs> so i we could do a podcast just on crunchiness oh, um so thank you to the guy at the workshop we got this uh phrase from if you are listening um because it's a great thing to it's a great question so i totally hear agree with what you shared you know how we because I think you know what can happen in relationships is we get really comfy with each other and then you know people um stop doing things that excite them sometimes or get really cozy you know the pipe and slippers analogy and actually looking after our health and our well-being doing what lights us up all of these things is really important for ourselves but also the relationship and I love the sort of metaphor of relationship like a garden that if we, you know, um, we can, if we don't sort of do a bit of weeding now and then, if we don't plant some beautiful flowers, um, you know, it's, it's, it, relationships need tending to. And I think one of the biggest myths around relationships is that if it's not natural and effortless, there's something wrong. And actually, our, like you say, our effortless hasn't just, just happened. Our effortless has come from all the work that we've done individually, but the work that we still put into the relationship and I think it's really great to understand what your patterns are in relationships. So, for example, attachment is one lens to look through the attachment model. Um, and I quite like the sort of um, uh, I can't remember where it comes from. I think it might be Hakomi where they sort of say, are you an island or a wave? So when things get crunchy, do you want to run a mile or are you wanting to fix it and get it all sorted? And, and you know, if you if you're an island and your partner's a wave, then it can have, we can have two very different relationship styles of dealing with things that can create friction in among themselves. So I think understanding our patterns in relationship, understanding what happens when the crunchy bits happen and talking about them in the not crunchy bits. <laughs> so it might be, yeah, I just feel like I want to withdraw. I just feel like I want to sort everything out and get it sorted right now because I don't like it when it's not sorted, you know. And if we can understand how we run those patterns, that can help to depersonalize it or we can recognize the other person, you know, in, in, and say to the other person, so if they're triggered, we can say, oh, I'm feeling you might need some space or I'm noticing you want to fix this, but I can't fix this right now. So it just helps to have a language as well for when these things are happening. You know, they're skills that we can learn. Um, and and also it might be looking at the patterns of the crunchy bits or the crunchy bits, but patterns that come up again and again in the relationship. So, for example, we had a bit of a process about finding the right amount of space that we both needed in the relationship because we both are people that need our own space and, and, and get recharged in our own space. But for a little while at the beginning, there was a bit of that was a bit triggering and it was just so working through some of those crunchy bits. And, you know, just really simple things for me, like 
just saying sorry. <laughs> you know, if I do something that is upsetting to you and I've been a bit critical or I've just forgotten something or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But actually just saying sorry, I think, goes a long way <laughs> when that's part of the dynamic. And, you know, it can be big topics that can be crunchy. It might be how do you parent? How do you deal with finances? What you want in from sex, sex with each other and, and, and in that erotic space. So there can be some, you know, massive big topics. And sometimes it's also about it may be about getting support. Um, you know, for those those areas as well, support to work through some of those issues and those crunchy bits, um, because we just we're just not skilled. This is the stuff I'd love to see taught in 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 schools. How do we relate to each other? You know, how do we deal with some of these tricky bits and these bits of discomfort? And I think also, um, yeah, just that creating space to sort of work through and talk about these things and to understand them. Yeah, I mean, I could say so much more on it, but that's the sort of top areas that come to mind with this. Mm, wonderful. I, I think something um, really uh, kind of something that really stood out that you were saying that uh, that it, it's really about navigating, isn't it? As you get to know how it's like learning a dance as, as you become more present to each other and as yeah. you go through on your healing journey you you start to see oh this person is leading today oh i'm leading today oh i'm and it starts to become this uh kind of the the dao this the wu way this what they call in the dao this effortless flow of being as you start to know how to dance uniquely with each other it, and that can be part of the intimacy journey as well the the, the everything from love making to to just spending time hanging out together and I suppose that's a, a skill that you you learn as you you navigate this more consciously and also it's it's tricky because often our parents and our parents parents you know they were doing the best they could in the situation they found themselves but the world has changed so much you know child mortality was a huge thing even just two generations ago like or dealing with war or dealing with you know so generationally i don't think the I, I may be wrong but i feel that there's never been a time like now where we can actually we're not uh, generally as a population we're just not constantly under the threat of like being invaded every day by the next town or the next village or losing some of our children to to, to famine or to to disease and so so my, my reflection on that is that when we're, we're, we're constantly as a society moving into uncharted territory and hopefully hopefully um a society where we can have more opportunity you know if i when i went to india um and i saw you know people living on the streets or you know my taxi driver at least two days as we popped by his house on his way home lived in a house made of banana leaves and and so you know just sanitation and their, their basic human needs uh weren't as available as they are if you like to, to a lot of people in the west and I, I suppose my reflection on that is that then inevitably we're going to have a different experience of, of life and relationship that's hopefully not as survival based as our parents and mm. parents parents and and so so we're always reinventing or reconnecting or finding ways of being intimate 
in ways that perhaps that last generation didn't have the opportunity to do so I, I guess think, yeah yeah I think that's such a great point I think we've got more possibility for how a relationship might look I mean in terms of even defining the type of relationship that you want how that looks and everything that's more open than it's ever been probably in history um, and with that comes you know we're pioneers all of us in in exploring what might relationship mean beyond the model that our parents had you know and how do we create relationships with meaning and purpose and 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 that are healthy and that thrive and all of these questions more than sort of any other time in history really so that's really exciting um so I'd love to finish with the question around sort of you know you know anything you'd like to share about what you've learned or or things you know how do we create and cultivate really great intimacy and again we've touched on it but just love to ask you that question more directly it's really it's the paradox isn't it again from my Taoist background it's everything's paradox that you know it's it's let's use the saying of Lao Tzu here when he says when I was young and passionate I wanted to change the world but now I'm old and wise I just want to change myself and so I guess what ultimately we bring into a relationship is ourselves and so I think the ultimate key is to each day figure out how to bring a more as as you say if the relationship's like a garden how do how do we bring water and sustenance for the plants and the flowers and uproot the weeds and and um i suppose it's a it's a daily decision uh, maybe a daily decision decision to to li live from the most beautiful aspect of our own being our own heart our own happiness perhaps it's a, also a daily decision to to honor like and honor our partner as we honor ourselves you know as a, an expression a pure expression of life that that both of which deserve to be loved and honored and cherished you know and i think it's really a, a daily decision we've spoken about this before of if it's, it's a decision to love it's not like you know we have a of a, a past and we have psychological patterns that might get overly self-centered or um you know overly you know or it's all about me and um but then that really doesn't lead to happiness we, we we can be in the equation but i think a relationship is how can we create a beautiful us you know with with me as the foundation and so i think one of the one of the big techniques apart from you know working on ourselves healing ourselves uh understanding how to work with our shadow self it's 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 a daily rededication to love i think that's one of the most powerful things we can do to fall in love fall in love again every single day um and you know when i'm holding uh, healing sessions with people i'll often say before you do any healing on the person you know that you're about to work on just pause for a moment and just you just see them as beautiful and perfect so you're not coming in as the healer and the changer and you know to, to really honor that you're in a relationship with whatever you want to call that you know devotional traditions with the divine you know earthly traditions with with life itself but the relationship is one of the most sacred and beautiful 
things you know as Dalai Lama says that we're we, you know we're social creatures we're, we're not designed to live in mountain caves by ourselves we're, de we're designed to be social to be loving and compassionate and and relationship is for me personally one of the most profoundly beautiful places we can experience that type of connection so yeah keep falling in love every mm. day <laughs> beautiful and i love that word cherish i think it's one of my favorite words that you know just that continual cherishing of you as a person you know so instead of just like um rushing out the house can i spend 30 seconds just having a lovely kiss and a cuddle with you you know and just making you know it's so easy to just get into the busyness of life and be um in my head or whatever it is so just making that conscious time and also really creating that time we're like right let's let's do something together this evening what are we going to do let's go for a walk together let's have some lovely beautiful intimate time together and just really creating consciously those moments of um connection and they can be bigger moments but those can be those little moments like instead of a peck on the cheek like i say a beautiful kiss and you know just really looking you in your eyes and just seeing you and just um be sharing beautiful words like we always appreciate each other and we have a real lovelier practice of appreciating each other and just really sharing and what we notice and what we value and really just never taking each other for granted for me is such a, a thing so i i'm sure we could do a whole podcast just talking on ways of cultivating intimacy and hopefully this won't be the last conversation but i'm really conscious of time so I would love to hear, is there any final wisdom that's alive that you would like to share before I bring in the closing couple of questions and share about our workshop as well? So um, I would just like to thank you for being beautiful and wonderful, creating, following your, well, your, your inspiration and in creating this podcast and the wonderful things you're doing with that so i'd like to finish just by cherishing you loving you honoring you and just you know that's uh, that's plenty <laughs> oh, thank you so much i love you so much and um love you too i am really looking forward to us working together so i just want to share as well that we're going to be uh hosting our first couples retreat in february and then just feels like the right timing we've done like four years of navigating our own relationship and and you know we've had some difficult times you know with house stress and moving and you know, all the different things that's happened it's like you know i feel really so um proud of how we've navigated all of that actually you know really proud of it and so we are going to be running our first couples retreat in Glastonbury in, uh, I think it's the 17th of February to the 19th. It's the weekend after Valentine's Day. And we're calling the workshop devotion because devotion is a word that means a lot to both of us. And that is one of our daily practices of, of, of that devotion to each other. And so would you like to say a little bit about what the, the workshop's focusing on? Mm, I guess it's uh, really giving people skills. Well, firstly, giving people time, you know, to step out of the world and and just create that 
beautiful time for connection with each other, but not just like you would, I mean, a holiday is beautiful, but actually to, to have a weekend where not only you can step out to celebrate beautiful time and connectivity together, but also be taken through tools that we use to deepen our love and our connection, you know, whether that's around conversation or meditation together, maybe Qigong, maybe psychological processes, but really it's a weekend to take time out of the busyness of life to really reconnect with each other and hopefully fall more deeply in love I guess that will be my reflection on it mm, yeah so it's very much about intimacy and you know part of that healing communication intimate connection and I think what you shared is so important that taking time out of the day-to-day to have gift yourselves a weekend to just really explore your relationship and deepen your relationship and you know we will look at things like how to come back up to our hearts when we're triggered or annoyed and um, but also practices to um, cultivate love and intimacy Um, how to connect with our desires and ask for those how to cultivate playfulness and there's going to be a whole heap of wonderful stuff so just to say a little bit that it's going to be Friday till Sunday in Glastonbury and we'll have all the details written hopefully by the time this podcast goes out and everything with it Um, and that it's in non-residential so the idea is that you'll find your own accommodation but we're not going to have really long days because we want the couples to have time together outside of the workshop space so um, come to the workshop explore some practices and then have some time on their own to explore or it might be just time to go and have dinner together or have some lovely intimate time together whatever it is Um, also just to be clear about the workshop that the couples that come to the workshops will be working together as couples it's very much a workshop focused on the couple Um, and but also um, it might be Uh, you might be listening and you're lovers and you'd like to learn these experiences workshop and and, or even close friends Um, you know we're not diving deep into sexuality for this one Um, that will be you know future ones so it's it's if you're if you're in that place of lovers or close friends and you want to learn this you want to have a conversation just reach out it's also open to all um, genders Um, it doesn't matter what your sexual orientation is um, there's plenty in this workshop for everybody who is interested um, and just reach out if you have any questions and we're only going to have places for eight couples because we also want it to be an intimate space as well so anything else that you'd like to add to that mm, no that's pretty good yeah very good. <laughs> <laughs> perfect so we'll share the details so as this is a sexy life podcast, your final question is what does living a sexy life mean to you? Mm, a sexy life. I suppose, you know, se- sexy is uh, an intimate life for me. So um, how to live uh, in the deepest state of intimacy with ourselves, with each other, with life, you know. I guess that's the the deepest the sexiness for me how to find that that pleasure in the core of our being and to share that with uh, as many people as possible I guess yeah that will be it for me and where can people find you online 
I'll put all your links in the show notes, but where the, the most sort of, yeah, key places. So please find me on uh, my mace, main uh, Facebook page, uh, Graham Waterfield. Yeah, come and find me there. Also my uh, website, uh, Tai Chi with Graham dot com spelled g-r-a-e-m-e i have a new website coming online which is grainwaterfield.co.uk very soon and that may be available when this goes out beautiful thank you so so much for your presence and your wisdom and your gorgeousness i love you so much (laughs) see you in a minute Thank you for listening to the Love, Sex and Intimacy podcast with me, Sarah Rose Bright. I support women and couples across the globe to truly enjoy sex and pleasure and to create or deepen intimate relationships that are passionate and purposeful, happy and healthy. And I'd love to support you. You can book a complimentary call via my website at sarahrosebright.com to find out if my approach is right for you. And check out my website for information about my one-to-one coaching programs and any current workshops, group programs and retreats that I'm running. Wherever and whenever you are listening, wishing you a beautiful day.